When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now, back to Whiteley. It is one of those beautiful days where the country is in love with its cricket team. Australia has won the World Cup in India, beating India. It is a splendid achievement. One of the all-timers this game in this country. Some of your thoughts. We took plenty of calls at the start. Here's a smattering of the 40 Winks temper texts. 0433 98 11 16. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks. Serious about sleep. Chris. G-Man. I had a nana nap Sunday Arvo before watching the first innings. Then off to the wholesale veggie market to do some work. But again, every TV vantage point was engulfed. Our Indian friends slowly dissipated with just us Aussies to celebrate the win. I'm still buzzing. Nick in Galston, watched the game until 3am. Thought Pat Cummins was outstanding. The thing that struck me was the way we batted. No ramp shots or reverse sweeps, lots of singles and hitting the right ball. Great game. It was an enjoyable win because it was one without arrogance, the send-offs, the bullying and the smart-ass attitude that they used to have. Well done. Greg in Brighton East, I'm not popular in my household this morning, was getting texts upstairs from my 14-year-old daughter around midnight telling me to shut up. Nathan in Cranbourne, I have woken up a very proud and happy Australian today with us winning the World Cup. Only thing missing is my dad, who I lost three weeks ago and who I would right now be talking everything about the game with and even cracking a few jokes. The most satisfying of all the World Cup wins. Last night was amazing. One of the great victories. Jared, what a moment to savour. Our greatest triumph in World Cup cricket. Winning the World Cup is not only in India, but beating the hosts in the final. Simply incredible. That's from Trent. Woke my nine-year-old son up to watch the last hour with me. Up there with watching the Tigers win the 2019 Grand Final with him at the G. A quiet achiever was Josh Inglis, who took five catches, a record apparently. The selectors who chose Labuschagne instead of Stoinis and Inglis ahead of Carey appear to have got it right. That's from Big L. A magnificent, as magnificent as Head's innings was, I think his catch was the turning point. India never got control back after that. It was disappointing he didn't get to hit the winning runs, but also fitting that he got the solo ovation that he deserved. That's from Mick. I watched us bowl and went to bed. My son woke up vomiting at 1am. I thought, oh, we're all up. I may as well check the score. And what do you know? Our family sat watching the winning runs at 1.45 Queensland time. What a vomit, little fella. And so on. As we savour the mood of the nation 
after the finest of World Cup victories. The emotions were, they were pretty raw with the players. It was easy to take in, to share and to understand what it meant to them in the immediate aftermath. What we've achieved today um, is unbelievable. It's the best achievement um, I've ever been a part of. India, 10 from 10. With one to play, they've been the team of the tournament. They've played unbelievable. But you knew if, if we played our best cricket, we are a chance. It feels amazing. I think we were all pretty much um, excited once it got under 20. And I'd sort of resigned to the fact that I wouldn't have to bat much like 2015. But um, unfortunately, Eddie got out and uh, what a win. Oh, I think this is bigger. Obviously, we won at home in front of our home fans. But I think the challenges we've been through the last sort of couple of months coming here, Playing in these conditions against you know, India, who's a pretty special team, and, and getting the win on a day like this is amazing. Our bowlers were fantastic, and uh, you know that sort of flow from last game. Just you know, they set the tone from from ball one, and um, you know the, the fielding again tonight supported that. And uh, to to bowl India out for 240 on that in a final um, is absolutely exceptional. It was just a, a great performance. You know, Travis Head, the show he put on was just incredible. Um, yeah, another one. Pure elation. Um, you know, I've said to a few of the boys just earlier, it's been the hardest eight wickets of cricket I've ever um, been a part of. I think we were 0-2 and Sri Lanka were none for 120, so that feels like a lifetime ago. But uh, to be here in this group, <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Between you know, Pat, Ron, all our coaching staff, all our players across the formats, I don't think you could write a script to top the winter that we've had to, to win a World Cup in India. It's been a fantastic eight weeks. It's been tough, but um, gee whiz, it's been a bloody successful and bloody enjoyable. That's a pretty good sentiment from Mitch Stark as the players had their say in the immediate aftermath. We rely on the wisdom and experience of Robert Craddock, who at 0-2, and two, when the Chicken Littles were telling you that the sky was falling, Crash was the calming voice. He'd seen this before, and Australia's DNA in tournament play has shone through. Crash, hello to you. G'day, Jared. Oh, you're too kind because I've got plenty of things wrong as well. But look... I think we've got to ordain that as our greatest coloured clothes victory. I mean, it's just everything. I mean, I can't find a game where the opponent was better or in better form. They had the top three bowling averages and three of the top four batting averages, India. Uh, a ground holding around 100,000 plus fans, a wicket doctored, India unbeaten, and, and, and you not just beat them, but thrashed them, basically. It was... That is the best white ball victory, surely, we, 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 we've had. And uh, it was an astonishing result. So in the trophy cabinet, there are six World Cups. The first one holds such a place of admiration, sort of one in that on the frontiers of Pakistan and India and gives birth to the Allen Border era of captaincy. 99 has always been our favourite for reasons that you've recounted right through. There are such similarities and then the period of just outright dominance um, that Australia enjoys in 03 and 07 to win on Australian shores in a way that's expected as high a bar as that is. I think you can just, without the need for recency bias, you can boil this down in the circumstances that were presented, the challenge that India has always been, the zero and two start, to go on a streak from there and not just be unbeaten, but to win every game and then to dominate the final. I have no hesitation in declaring it Australia's best World Cup. Absolutely, Jared. And the thing is, it's not what they did. It is, it, it, equally, it's who they beat. 
When they started the IPL in 2008, there was all these theories around that India would eventually find a super team full of statistical masters who, you know, presented a brick wall to opponents at both ends of the innings. Well, guess what? Here they are. They were undefeated in this World Cup. Their bowling, as I said, dominated the averages, and so did their batting. They're five batsmen averaging over 50. This was the Indian super team that was the dream 15 years ago. And on their greatest stage, on a wicket prepared for them, for their very behest, where they were supposed to triumph and, and, and spin out Australia, they were outthought. You know, I thought Cummins was brilliant. 22 bowling changes, two boundaries in two hours at one point when India were batting. I mean, Mitchell Marsh bowling at 116 kilometres an hour. No one bowls that pace. The fast men don't bowl that slow and the slow men don't bowl that fast. It's a very muddling, confusing pace. He only did it for two two overs, none for five. Inglis over the stumps. But just that little game plan, that little vignette showed how thoughtful Australia was. It was quite brilliant, I have to say. So it's a triumph of planning and execution like you rarely see. This owes to Andrew McDonald and his coaching staff and then the implementation by Pat Cummins. Cummins, captaincy and performance, semi-finals and final. So at the start of the tournament, there is a school of thought that he's not in Australia's best side, and yet he leads the team with the aplomb of the revered leaders of the past strategically and the choices that he made. How central to his legacy is this? Oh, uh, Defining. It really does. Because, look, my hand's in the air here, Jared. At the start of the tournament, I wasn't convinced he was in Australia's top 11. And you know what? Neither were some of the players. But they all respect him and liked him. And the one thing he continued to prove was the most underrated resource of a captain is calmness. And the bigger the occasion, the more he seemed to laugh with Maxwell when he was making a double century. He kept everything calm. And... But with calmness came strategical brilliance in this last game. I mean, that's as good a captaincy effort as you can do. And I'm telling you, there were other Australian captains watching at home who nearly fell off their chair last yesterday when he uttered these words, we'll bowl. Yeah. Like, we live in a bat-first sort of world. But you know what, Jared? That was a sign of how the world's changed without us really realising it because Ian Healy said to me this morning, Strike rates now are such that the pressure that used to be on the second team chasing is now on the first team. Like, it, it, because no one knows what a safe total is. In the old days, you'd bat first, you'd meander your way to 150 off 30, then you'd chug it along and get to 245 and think you were doing quite nice. Now, what's safe? Who knows? So that's why Rohit Sharma was just so frenetic and frantic. Far too much, I reckon. Like, everyone said, oh, wasn't he good for his 47? Yeah, but he, he he lacked a third gear. He should have pulled it back a bit. He just didn't know how to put Australia to sleep when he was on top. And this is where Travis Head did. So he can be he can be impetuous and he swings at everything. He, he trended up and down in that innings quite masterfully. He was, after about 20 balls, he was nowhere. And his footwork, he was struggling with the swinging ball, which was doing plenty early. He worked his way through that. He knew when to attack. He knew when to milk. And and the milking period was so important. Sometimes it gets derided in the 50-over game. But when the spinners came on, 
not to get not to give up the flurry of wickets or to give the unnecessary chances. But then there's a moment where he chooses to accelerate and he narrows the the margin for victory sort of from 120 to 70 so quickly that honestly it made it made it a formality. I can't ever remember feeling that way watching an Australian team chase red ball, white ball in India, feeling like so far out it was a formality. It was the most brilliant innings. Yes, and I love the way you've spotlighted the fact that, yeah, it was brilliant, and his highlights package just positively sparkles, but it was the second and third gear that he had that Rohit Sharma didn't have, and that made the difference. He could move up and down. Now, the Travis Head of old would not have done that, but I think he... He's found himself as a batsman, and he must be the free spirit. Uh, and I know we keep quoting it, but a couple of years ago, Alex Carey did that press conference on his best mate, and he said, you just have to let Travis be Travis. Pat Cummins is onto that, and it's great captaincy. It, 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 you don't win any sort of statistical benefit from taking Travis out to dinner and saying, mate, I love the way you play. Just keep playing it as you are. But, but gee, gee, to settle him down... After all these years where they took the contract off him, the Cricket Australia contract, they liked Travis for years and years, but they just couldn't find the secret to him. Cummins has. And that was just a a staggeringly good effort. And, gosh, what's he won? Man of the Ashes, man of the uh, World Cup. Uh, You know, the last 12 months he's been really good, hasn't he? So what does it say about his play? So a century in the World Test Championship and a century in the World Cup final in the same year. So unique and momentous and drives Australia to to these cherished trophies. Yeah, and, and, you know, I love the way he's cleaned up his game. I remember uh, before the 2019 Ashes series, they had a trial match in, you know, Australia – when they, when he, they were playing each other and, and they set three gullies for Travis Head, you know, trying to get him poking down there. And that was the way, you know, you always got Travis caught in the gully, but he's tightened up, you know, and, and but he hasn't stopped being himself. He's a free spirit. And as we so often say, just like the other South Australian left-handers, Wayne Phillips, uh, David Hooks and Darren Lehman, but none of them played more than 30 tests. Now they've got a guy who's cracked the code and who knows how to do it, how to go the long journey. So I, I thought he was terrific, and I really enjoyed Labu Shane's innings just because he's had this bizarre World Cup where he was going to be sacked about five yes. times. But he lived on. He lived on somehow continually to exist in the team on his great fielding. And he just, you know, we've said it before, but heavy-duty matches are won by heavy-duty players. England are home and long gone from this tournament because they choose flighty 2020 players and expect them to play heavy-duty cricket. Give me Labuschagne and Head, and I know he failed the last couple of games, but Smith, Warner, you know, they're, they're, they're good players. I, I Just another nod to your wisdom and experience, Crash. This is why you're such a ballast for us. We all, our hot emotions run, but you've seen it all. The double insurance policy of Smith and Labuschagne so that if you're three for 40-odd in a final, you've got it there. And we were three for 40-odd in a final. <laughs> oh, and, and, you know, God knows I got far more wrong over the last few uh, weeks than I got right. But it's just that, you know, it, you, you felt that pressure in your television room, didn't you? Like it was it was you know, 100,000 crowd. It was cascading through. And, and, 
you need blokes who can play, soften their hands, who can face spin and pace. And that is a truly world-class attack. I mean, those first five overs last night when Shammy and that was swinging the ball everywhere, that, that was nightmare stuff. So it just shows that in amongst the Flash Harrys, uh, you just need ballast. You, you just need someone who can... Oh, oh, when Labuschagne was walking to the wicket last night, at three for 50-odd, most cricket fans were comfortable. They sort of thought, yep, we get it. You're chasing 240, Marnus. You're going to have a strike rate of about 80, but you'll hopefully get us home, and he did. I think it's such a pertinent observation. If Maxwell is walking in or Inglis is walking in at that stage, Australia all out 140 is on the cards because I feel like you had to be watching it to understand that was India at its most ferocious the fervor was in every ball it was swinging every which way it was doing even more than Shami and Bumrah could understand and they could barely control and just how it scrambles the mind so if you go back and watch Steve Smith is he reviews everything but in the in the boiling pot in the middle of that environment he doesn't review his LBW and he's outside off it, he knows where everything is and he doesn't have the the presence or the freedom of mind to do it. So that's, I just think if you want to understand how that environment can scramble you, just have a look what it did to Smith. Oh, terrific observation because he's one of the great reviewers. I, I got to say, I couldn't believe that. And yeah, I, I tip Steve as man of the final. So so there there's another thing. But but yet he just wasn't quite himself in the latter rounds of this tournament. But it was so interesting, Jared. I mean, it, this this is also a final for the backroom boys. There were stats published on the day before the tournament of how the the fast bowlers and the slow bowlers were averaging tremendously well in the daytime, and then forty and fifty runs per wicket at night, and they were bizarrely one-sided stats. So there's this talk then of the Jew playing into it. And, and, you know, that's how it sort of came. That's what happened. You know, at night it did get easier. But for Cummins to make that call to bowl first, I, I just, when I heard the words, I just thought, you are a very brave man. I'm not sure it'll get you home, but <laughs> I, yeah, I disagree with it. I, I, I thought it was the wrong call. But it, and then they proved it to be a, a masterful call. And I'm pleased for Cummins because... You know, he's put up with a lot as a captain. Uh, people say, oh, he's woke and he's this. And, you know, he's had to, but, you know, for a very decent sort of fellow. So I want, Jared, doesn't it cast an interesting light on captains and bowlers? I mean, to think that before Cap Cummins, the only Australian who had capped fast bowler, who had captained Australia in a test match was Ray Linwell, and he did it once. You think of all those captain, fast bowlers that could have made good captains, but we said, no, 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 mate, batsman captain, thank you. He understands bowlers, Cummins. He knows what makes them work. That, some of what he executed, a batting captain, never would have even contemplated, I think. Um, and it says a lot about Andrew McDonald and the meticulous planning of that coaching staff as well. So you talk, so the backroom planning and the on-field execution, he, he's the perfect coach for Cummins, and Cummins, I suspect, is the perfect captain for, for Andrew. 
Yeah, that they have. And look, let's not underestimate what we've seen today. That, that they, This is a, a generation of players who grew from boys to men together, a lot of them, who've been together for, for about a decade. There were seven players there that played in the 2015 grand final in Australia. That's incredible. That's more than half the team has stayed. So this is a golden stud punchline to their careers. How long they'll play, I'm not sure. But this lifts them from good to great. It, it really does. I mean, just remind yourself. We're almost got used, Jared, to winning World Cups in Australia. Just remind yourself, South Africa hasn't made a final. Never mind win a 50-over World Cup. Australia's won six of them. And uh, so it's uh, a generation of players can suddenly feel they, they can be very, very satisfied with what they've achieved in their careers. And there is only one Everest remaining. And that Everest is to beat India either at home or away in tests. So they get their next crack at that next summer in Australia. Not this, but the next summer. You'll have plenty of thoughts. They're pouring through. Damien has texted through. 40 Wings temper text. Temper a mattress like no other. I was going to do my normal traditional draft day movie watch this afternoon, but have decided to watch the World Cup final for a second time. Nothing like a good bit of cricket in the middle of the biggest football day. Good on you, Damien. 0433981116. It's Melbourne Stars Membership Day. Melbourne Stars exclusive membership offer. Three-game membership for just $50 today only. At the end of the program, Annabelle Sutherland, who, who now is captaining the Stars, is going to join me. We are mid-conversation tapping the wisdom and experience of Robert Craddock on one of the great days of Australian cricket. Melbourne's weather, cloudy, a top of 22. For City Power, supplying power to homes in the CBD and inner suburbs. Now, back to Waitley. Uh, that's huge. That's I think that's the pinnacle of uh, international cricket, winning a one-day World Cup, especially over here in India in front of a crowd like this. Um, yeah, it's been a big year for everyone. Um, but, you know, our cricket team's been to... Here in India, Ashes World Test Championship, and to top it off with this is just, just huge. And... These are the moments that you'll remember for the rest of your life. Why is it the pinnacle? It's just every international team comes together. You only get a shot at it every four years. You know, even if you have a 10-year career, you might only get two chances at it. And, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, the whole cricket world stops with this World Cup, so it doesn't get any better. Beauty and prestige of a World Cup. Pat Cummins with his assessment in the aftermath of victory. Some of your thoughts from Travis. Watched the final and loved it so much. To make sure I kept the good times rolling, I then watched the 2023 grand final again. Good on you, Travis. Chris's text through, like the game, I was on a knife's edge from the opening ball until Maxi sealed it. Chasing a seemingly modest total, it never felt comfortable. Maybe that's why today's level of exultation is so profound. Yours in delightful weariness, Chris. And never felt so at ease. The victory was assured with 70-odd runs needed until the players started moving out of their seats with about 20 runs needed. My superstitions again aroused when the team tempted fate, but I need not have worried. Robert Craddock, I wonder, what will the reviews be like of India in India, do you think? So tentative in their, like it was, it was out, of, out of kilter with the rest of their tournament. It, it was, Jared, and, and it, the reviews will be sort of harsh, I feel, uh, on their finals performance. And here's the thing. 
it's it's all within the prism of the fact that they haven't won a white ball World Cup since 2011. This mega country that runs world cricket, 80 cents out of every dollar in cricket is raised in India. They are the best, the biggest at everything, and yet they can't win a World Cup. So do you know what? In the previews to the game, there were soft spots which came to which were exposed last night, and one of them was the fact that their tail just hadn't batted. Yep. And it was a long tail too because they had no all-rounder. They had no six bowling option. So it was always going to be a desperately grim moment for India and testing moment when their tail got exposed, as it did last night. So they, uh, they're they not the perfect team. They're a very, very, very good one, but they're not perfect. And they felt the pressure as much as Australia last night. I often feel, Jared, that the best Indian players in India – don't hear the noise around them in the way that people who live near a railway line, eventually you don't hear the trains yep. because you hear so many of them. It's just all outside noise. But I tell you what, they felt it last night. When those three wickets fell, they were tight and they were taunt. I mean, two boundaries in two hours? That was incredible. Indian cricket team who, you know, was whistling along at a, a 300 sort of uh, run per innings rate throughout the tournament. It put me in mind of um, preliminary final night where Collingwood had the whole crowd against the Giants. And when you're not playing well or things run against you, that the groans uh, from the crowd, they, they infect the atmosphere. So as much as when it's all going well, it infuses and energises everything that's happening. But when it turns, it's... It's impossible to escape the tension that is pouring all over. You know you're in a tight spot and the crowd's reinforcing that, you, that you're in a tight spot. It becomes this fascinating ecosystem, which I thought was material for them last night. That The crowd couldn't get into it once Coley was out. And so once they picked up the ball, every ball once it started for those first seven overs, but then it... It, um, it popped so quickly and all the energy drained out. And part of the idea of what a foregone conclusion it was so far out was the faces and the complete lack of belief in the stands. And then the players on the field, you could see the, the, those efforts chasing balls, and that they just drifted away. There was no thought that they could suddenly take five for 30 and roar back into it. No, no. And, and the, the silence was deafening, wasn't it? They're, they're not a big booing crowd, the Indians. They just go silence when things aren't going their way. And just the sheer oddness of having a 100,000 crowd and, and almost without voice was something, wasn't it? But, Jared, I love the funny little things that you see on social media to follow up. Jeff Kennett, the former Victorian Premier, said, Australia picks its cricket uh, 11 from a population of 26 million India from a population of over 1 million. He should have meant billion. Yeah. And, of course, people are following in with, gee, India's population has shrunk, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just watching all this. But but it is a – I felt that this is what Cummins brought to the team, an ability to relax in the most extremely nerve-wracking uh, scenarios, but with a smile, how it diffuses everything. And it happened in the Ashes. Uh, it happened in the World Cup, even when they were two wickets down. And, and to give Andrew McDonald a rap, he has a very similar temperament. I mean, the coaches who survive at cricket these days are the ones who don't go to the opposite ends of the emotional extreme. They're just calm. Trevor Bayliss, John Buchanan was like that. John Wright when he coached India. Andrew McDonald. It's a, 
nothing seems to rattle them. Cricket's that game where the coach almost has to be passive because there's so much pressure on over day after day that you, if the coach is a bit of it volatile, it just destroys everything. Wisdom and experience of Robert Craddock, the morning that Australia has won the World Cup. More with Crash after Nathan in the newsroom. Nathan, thank you. Crash, what, what does this World Cup do to the future of 50-over cricket, the place of the World Cup? Terrific question. Do you know what, Jared? I was just thinking about that this morning. Where do we go from here? I, I, I think it will be good for it in the short term, but it will will continue to fade. I think the relentless charge of T20 cricket is unstoppable and the World Cup will be an every four-year event and where teams playing 50-over contests as that event gets closer. But we're just seeing this downgrading in 50-over tour. And the one thing I've got to say is, Jared, yes, it's been a great tournament, a fabulous final, wonderful semi-final series, but... If you started a, a bilateral series between Australia and India in two months' time, it would just go back to being a little mundane, wouldn't it? People wouldn't care as much. But what made this special was that trophy, that silver trophy at the end of it that we, everyone was so desperate to get their hands on. These bilateral series don't have a lot of context, and that is why they're fighting for their life amongst T20, and T20 is going nowhere. It's only getting bigger. So while it would be easy for me to say, Jared, I think this will breathe a fresh coat of paint on everything and it'll, and it'll spru- spruce up the 50-over scene, no, I, I can't quite get there. Your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with that, but I hope what it does enshrine is that in four years' time, there must be a 50-over World Cup. So what do you do in the intervening period? I think that that is a worthwhile debate. But this has shown it remains the pinnacle tournament. I agree with what Pat Cummins said. This is the right format for it. Tent and teams, everyone plays each other, and then you settle down to fight it out in the knockout phase. So I feel like they've got their template. Um, and then what do you do to keep 50 over cricket ticking along? Just ticking along, keep it viable, but come together for, for this tournament every four years. It would be a terrible pity if administrators voted this out of existence. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I, the next one's scheduled to be in South Africa. And, oh, hey, Jared, talk about sporting teams under pressure. That poor South African team who have never made the final of a World Cup. Can you imagine? Somewhere in South Africa as we speak, there are cricketers lying in bed, staring at the ceiling, seeing saying, in four years' time, we'll be hosting this tournament and my knees are knocking together already. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, you, you, spot, you said one thing earlier that I thought was significant. I think this has made Australia uh, not fall in love with its cricket team but increased affection for it. And that had really concerned me over the last three or four years in Sandpaper Gate. You know, I get any number of people saying, I don't love this team anymore. You know, why is that? And you can't love something you can't enforce on someone or you can't have logical reasons why. It just has to happen. And when, I think when people see what happened last night, the the cleverness of the way Australia played, the fair way they played, the, the, the resilience and guts they showed, um, I, I think it's where they're taking at heartstrings and, and that's as important as anything. They're such a likeable team. I, I know there are there are players with baggage who will never win their way back into some hearts, but the rest of it, it's the rest of it that is 
just so likable. And I think the combination of the way that they play, always with that Pat Cummins smile, he refuses to be baited by the previous generations who say you've got to have a bit more mongrel in you, is the way he has led this team is perfect for the modern era. And it challenges a few, and that's okay. Uh, I think this is this is such a triumph on so many fronts. Crash, it's great to share it with you on this Monday. Thanks a lot. Pleasure, Jared. My pleasure. What a, what, a, what a couple of months we've had. It was a pleasure to share the journey, mate. Thank you. Brilliant. Dave from Hamilton will speak for a few here. Kids were nearly late to school this morning as we watched both innings highlights when we should have been getting ready. I couldn't have been happier than when my six-year-old daughter said, I want to play cricket for Australia, as do her seven- and nine-year-old brothers. This type of thing can't be underestimated as it sets up a whole new generation of fans. Dave from Hamilton. Go Aussies. Go Aussies indeed. This is Waitley for Hyundai. The Hyundai 2023 SUV event is on now and Host Plus.